to the Early Access Podcast, episode 22. It is still February 11th, Tuesday, 2020. You can find us live on twitch.tv slash where we just spent four hours, almost four hours, taking stupid online quizzes. So this episode is going to be a little shorter so that we can go to bed and that this episode actually exists within February 11th still because we have been here for so long. It is literally almost February 12th. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. Search it, Early Access Podcast, and watch us live, twitch.tv slash Stella Shampoo at 8 p.m. PST, because we've been sitting here. Uh, we actually, Joel and I have learned a couple things. First off, pretty good at naming states. Without a map. Everything else, terrible. I know nothing about anything. History. Science. We did really well on the name all of the weapons, killstreaks, equipment, and perks in Modern Warfare 2, a game that existed 11 years ago. We got like 69% of all all of that stuff. There's like 198. Meanwhile, uh, for European countries, I think I got like... How many did I get? Like 15 without any help? I ended up with 20 with help. Uh, not, not terribly great with my geography. To be fair, back when I was in high school... Not high school. I was in college. I took a geography class. And our homework was to literally color, print out maps of the world. And just on principle, I refused to do it. And uh, so I just never did any of my homework. I ended up with like a B minus in the class. And uh, I don't know anything about geography. Typical American stereotype. I'm going to tear through our topics. Uh, it'll be a little bit shorter of an episode because we've just been sitting here shooting the shit for four hours on Twitch. First off, the big controversy this week on Twitter. Uh, someone was teabagging in the Overwatch League. People got pissed off about it. Equated it to rape and sexual assault. In a video game where you're killing people. I think literally an Overwatch character is the Grim Reaper. Is Reaper, the Overwatch character, literally not like the Grim Reaper himself? Uh, you're literally like sniping people, gunning. One guy's literally punching people with a giant metal fist. Overwatch, of course, isn't super bloody, violent. There's no like decapitation, like Black Ops 3 style. But uh, people are getting up in arms about Overwatch teabagging this week on Twitter. And uh, those people are all, let's, let's, go, let's all give those people. Boomer is not an age. It's more of a state of mind. And let's give all those people a, a hard okay boomer. As, as much as I hate using that phrase, as I think it's a dumb cop out for, for a lot of arguments. Bro, I was, teabagging used to be a cornerstone of my Twitch stream. It was meant to piss people off. And if it pissed you off, that means it did its job. And so... If if you didn't get mad about it and people teabagged me back, then it's like, all right, whatever. You know, it, it was meant as a thing to to make you angry, to make you play worse. And there is in any kind of in any kind of sport, right? There's that extra level of psychology to it. I mean, if you especially think of like the card games, poker, for example. There's tells and and um, if you're up a lot of money at the table, trying to bully uh, other people out with high bets. Not that I know a particularly large amount of poker, but there, there's a lot of mental metagame that goes into any sport. And teabagging is just one of those ways to to throw off your opponent. And so everyone oh, saying that esports can't be taken seriously, like real sports, if they support this kind of immature behavior. I, I think esports needs to be maximum toxic. I, I, I'm actually pretty radical on this issue, I think. Right? We have, we have people fighting in hockey right? People talking smack before MMA matches. Esports should be no different. We need to go full on like Twitter wars, 
people cussing each other out on Xbox Live. I, to, we got to develop these actual rivalries so that people take sides. Because one of my problems with, I don't watch the Overwatch League, but they're doing this with Call of Duty also. These people aren't actually from these areas generally. I, I remember the, uh, it was London Spitfire or something. I know very little about Overwatch. But everyone on the UK team for Overwatch, I, I think literally like their entire roster was Korean. Right? These are just people who live in the area and not necessarily people like if you were to watch high school basketball. Right? These are people who went to high schools in the area and grew up going to the same restaurants and uh, frequenting the same stores that you did. So there's actual local connection there. When it comes to esports organizations trying to make these these players and put them under an umbrella like San Francisco or LA, just like they do with sports teams. They're not actually from those areas most of the time, I would think. They actually just so happen to live there or they got you know drafted by a team or signed up by a team who have a house there. And so they don't actually have that, that local connection that the, the people watching who are actually from that area who are supposed to root for that team have. And so how do we get people on board? I think maximum toxicity, right? I, w- I want to be seeing Twitter threads of players cussing each other out, right? When, it, when it's one-on-one, we have other players from that team coming to back them up. It's all built in to be this family-friendly, don't teabag, don't talk smack, right? I want to see people not shake hands at the end of the match. And there to be some true, true hatred in these rivalries. It makes for some good TV. Uh, and as far as teabagging goes, if if I'm going to be a little less radical for a second, for the sake of entertainment, just let it, just let it go, man. Like we've we've I've been teabagging people since I was literally playing World at War back in when that game came out, 2008. So I was born in '95. Was 13. I was like 13 years old teabagging people. If I still played shooters to this day, which I don't, actually I do. I play Pavlov VR. I've teabagged people in VR. And I would say that's probably a little more offensive than it is to do it in the Overwatch League where you're, where you're not even playing a character that's, that's you or anything like that. And so uh, people on Twitter being bitches is what I think that one boils down. Let people teabag in the Overwatch League. Let, in the Call of Duty World League, let people be as toxic as possible. I'm down for that because these are actual people who I want to see Form actual rivalries and not not for it to all be oh good game. I I mean you shouldn't be a dick, you know. I don't think they should be going to each other's houses and like throwing bricks through the walls or swatting each other. But I think a little bit of uh, of healthy banter between the players, similar like what they do with MMA, where they bring people around for press conferences and they're talking smack. I really like that kind of stuff, and I would really like that in my esports. Speaking of esports, this kid. Bought $36,000 of FIFA points. I don't know what you do with FIFA points. I've never played FIFA or any of the sports games, especially this FIFA. I think it's FIFA, uh, an EA game. But anyway, uh, a mother claimed that uh, his her child's account was hacked and that this hacker bought 36,000 FIFA points, which is a couple hundred dollars, and just left it on the account. Um, I think it eventually got to the point where she did get the money back, but Microsoft was giving her the runaround for a little bit, telling her to contact the bank. The bank was telling her to contact Microsoft because uh, I think this had happened on Xbox. And this kid, this kid is a master because I I personally never did, but I definitely know people in middle school and high school 
who would steal their parents' credit cards to buy, like, the latest World at War DLC. I always just ask my parents to drop, like, 15 bucks on the new three Call of Duty maps. But this kid tricked his mom into, well, he, he just probably stole from her purse the credit card, purchased these FIFA points, and it went on for so long that for months she was fighting the credit card company and Microsoft. And the kid, at the end of the day, why, why would you hack into someone's account Use a mo- use their credit card to buy FIFA points for themselves, and then not not buy anything. Like this kid totally did it, and uh, did not get in trouble for it. So major respect for that kid. And last bit of esports news. This week, I once again don't know anything about StarCraft, but I do have a little bit of a tangential story. Uh, at Call Me Tasteless, tweeted on February eighth, we forget to inform our fans that despite. Artosis and I contacting IEM, which IEM is run by ESL. Months in advance, we never received an offer to cast the event. Sadly, uh, we will not be at the largest StarCraft event of the year, despite our long history of devotion to the game. These are, uh, there are real problems in esports when it comes to event organizers and the casters who carry their tournaments. Despite our integral roles in building this industry, there is often very little regard for our careers and the future. Someone tweeted back something along the lines of, why do you why do you spend all your time trying to get better at casting when you could have been trying to get buddy buddy with the people casting you? And I think I I don't remember if I told this on the um, esports is a wreck episode of the podcast, but uh, in fast forward, I was at an ESL event. It was a VR esports event, and there was a caster who was hired by ESL that would not be casting a game for that. I believe I'm just going to throw out a random day. It was a Thursday. He was not going to be casting a game for that Thursday. And if you do not cast that day, even though the event is going on, you get paid a check for travel, which is less than the check you would have made for casting. And so they kicked off one of my friends, Poonanners, who is, the event was Sprint Vector, the most knowledgeable Sprint Vector caster. And he actually had competed in the game before and replaced them with a caster who had never played the game at that point. And by doing that, that caster got a paycheck. Poonanners had casted earlier in the day, so he was going to get a paycheck, but it compromised the integrity of the broadcast because they took the most knowledgeable caster on that subject and pulled him off to get someone else a paycheck. And this is actually a pretty big problem uh, in the in the casting industry where they'll take someone because they're actually part of the ESL casting ecosystem instead of someone who is actually... Uh, a, a person building the community, someone who's actually there and hosting these weekly tournaments for $100 or something, uh, a really small amount of money, and doing these grassroots efforts to trying to, to get players interested in a game more so uh, than just bringing them to the biggest events, the ones that are the biggest spectacles. You need to have players playing, competing, practicing in something between all those events. And uh, I've seen it myself back when I was casting Evolve where Black Aegis, it may have been for uh, flight purposes because flying someone from the U.S. to Europe uh, is a lot more expensive than just pulling in a European caster. But I know a couple times where he wasn't invited to events that were run on and produced by ESL because they had an ESL caster that they wanted to do. And again, that could have been for flight purposes. I don't actually know how integral Tasteless is in the... Starcraft community. I'm sure he's a very notable figure. He's got a blue check mark on Twitter. That's got. That's got to mean something, of course. But uh, 
I, I do know that I've had a lot of personal experience and heard a lot of stories about casters who are supporting their communities out of the love for the game, if anything, and out of the love for the teams and respect for the people that they play with, getting shafted for these bigger roles for people who might not know as much about the game. Um, and of course, there's a lot that goes into hosting skill and being in front of the camera that isn't just game knowledge. But when you have someone that's already that package and you're shafting them out of an opportunity, that's not something I approve of. It, it is a big problem in the esports industry right now that I, 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 there's actually a problem in a lot of industries. The best person is not getting the role. The most visible person might be, you know, um, the best actor might not get the role. The actor with a higher amount of Twitter followers is. Um, but there are some cases where this person is just objectively better, but another person got chosen because they're a little bit more buddy-buddy with the people who are choosing people for the event. So that was some news I saw coming out from Tasteless. And last thing I want to talk about in this short episode uh, is is very unfortunate. I don't want to I don't want to seem like I'm bringing up this topic for the sake of views as if i as if i use the early access podcast for views or sponsors or anything but uh recently a very large deviantart uh, artist passed away uh her name is chinny and i actually knew nothing about her before this um went viral on the internet i actually have seen her art before and i did know that she was terminally ill um about a month ago when i saw some of my friends talking about it but there's about Probably one solid degree, if not two tops, but one solid degree of separation between her and I, because uh, I have a lot of friends who are artists, people who I've commissioned emotes from, and have gotten channel banners done and graphics done in the past, and uh, I also know a lot of content creators, and I, I definitely know people who are more impacted by her passing than myself, but the main reason I want to talk about this, um, she seemed like an incredible person who I did not know personally, I want to make that extremely clear. Uh, here at the start, but I saw a bunch of people, particularly one Instagram page uh, today on Twitter, tweeting out the fact that they had video of her final moments right before she passed away. It turned out that wasn't true at all. They they absolutely had no video, but the fact that someone someone would do that, someone would claim that they... First off, I don't know why the family, if I were in the situation, would want that video released on the internet at all. Uh, death is very rarely cinematic and and gives good closure. Um, it sounded like to a lot of people that um, she was tired and then didn't respond for a while and then had just very suddenly passed away. Um, although we knew that she was very sick. Unless it was a video that she recorded really quick and she knew that like, oh hey, I'm going under surgery right now and there's like a 5% 5% chance survival rate. So I just want to say X, Y, and Z. Um, if it was that kind of video, then then I could see why that video would want to get on the end. But other than that, that's something I very, very much doubt had happened. And it is very rarely something that that someone has the opportunity to do. And so this random shitty person put up this Instagram page saying that they had video of this thing that didn't exist for I don't know what. I don't know what kind of clout you can get from that. Like, why would anyone follow that Instagram account and look for future posts? There are no future posts. There's nothing to come out of this. Um, and on a similar note, just as I was doing research for this topic and, and trying to find out um, who she was and I like some of her art. I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to remove that in the final recording. Cueler. 
Can you can you type out six minutes? I don't want to give this stupid website any any recognition. This dumbass website literally wrote an article called Five Fast Facts You Need to Know About Her, which is, in my opinion, uh, incredibly, incredibly predatory. They, I, I, I didn't want to click on the article, but I did with ad block on. I try to remove my ad block on sites that I really like supporting um, to make sure they get that ad revenue and so writers can continue writing. But I kept my ad block on for this one. And it was just five facts about her life and, and what, she, what she did and why everyone was so sad about her passing away. But it just seemed unnecessary. Five fast facts you need to know about someone's entire life who impacted, what was it, hundreds, thousands of people. She had quite a few followers on Twitter. Just to, to boil it down to five fast facts, do we really need information that quickly bit, and clicks that badly? It's a BuzzFeed eulogy. Right, like I don't think the the eulogy, the idea of a eulogy, you like tell someone about their life. You give you usually don't go to a full biography, but you'll normally give like some summaries of things that happened. But yeah. I think the wording of saying like here's some quick things so you can be informed and move on with your day, like on that's, lunchtime or on the toilet funny. or something, feels a little shallow. I think for what could probably be a more nuanced way to to word it, just a little was, more nicer. Literally labeled five fast facts you need to know. Fast yeah. facts you need to know. That's. I, I feel like if a eulogy were be delivered, it, of course, her family, well, within their rights to do whatever the fuck they want in this troubling time. But I feel like that information about her life should come from her best friend or her parents or someone she was close to, not a random fucking writer on this shitty website that I'm not going to go to anymore. It's not to even get a quick like, click so you can read it during your lunch break at work and then move on with your day. Yeah, it's not even unknown for like articles to, you know, because there's been a lot of pieces about her uh, since her passing and stuff. And a lot of them obviously will go into her history and stuff. But again, it's, it's a difference between wording it as like, here's just a quick list of things you can get and then go on with your day versus like trying to at least give not a super long, but at least like a reasonable character description of a human being and not just like a little trivia that came and went, like showing that this was a person that touched lives of a lot of people. And so Kobe Bryant recently passed away. He He's probably like one of the top S-tier celebrities. Everyone knows his name, even if you don't watch basketball. Yeah. Um, and that was a very, very high profile uh, event, that helicopter crash, right? And then you have the general, like no social media presence. You know, you, uh, you have people whose whose passings are more private because they were a normal everyday citizen, right? She was somewhere in the middle, not quite a Kobe Bryant, not quite just an absolutely unknown person. And so, how how the internet takes celebrity deaths? You know, we had every news outlet, we had TMZ uh, leaking the helicopter crashing early which was, again, despicable. I think we talked about that on an earlier episode of the Early Access podcast. Absolutely terrible that TMZ did that. But we have that coverage absolutely everywhere, and that's to be expected. Um, and then after the family received the news, a bunch of other news outlets covered it. It was something that people wanted to hear about. It was something that, as I was going about my day playing Pokemon cards, that I was hearing from everyone, that everyone was trying to figure out what went wrong with the helicopter crash, who else was on board? Did anyone survive? Like all these, all this information is coming out. A very, very high profile event. And helicopter crashes is a very sudden thing. He, he was a completely healthy person going to an event and just have him drop off like that very sudden. And so I can see why that was so heavily covered in the media. Kobe Bryant, ext the most high profile 
of high profile celebrities. Um, but then you have this and it, it was something a lot of people knew about, um, but not something that, you know, is going to be something you can turn on the news and see um, anything about this, right? This is a little bit more quarantined to the internet side of things. But to have to have these these news outlets anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just messed up. A lot of people I've seen trying to profiteer off of this for for clicks, views, clout, and uh, ter- terrible fucking people. Uh, I wish that everyone everyone who knew her, uh, everyone who knew her, everyone who enjoyed her art, um, and should there be any kind of after afterlife, I hope that she's having a good time. But uh, other than that, I, I mostly just wanted to say fuck everyone who's trying trying to get quick Instagram clicks. Um, a bunch of people went to report the account. Uh, that's how I saw it. One of my friends uh, said, hey, this account's trying to do this shitty thing. Please report it. It seemed like the volume of people reporting it was high enough to where I didn't even want to give that account a click. And I heard from other people that there was actually no video there. And it, I, Actually, I think it would have been worse if there was any kind of content there. Because that's on the family to release and not some random leaker. Right. So anyway, I on the think scale... It's, it's worth remembering also, like, the... Uh, there's the Fred Rogers quote that says, like, in bad times, look for the helpers. And I think there's probably something, like, maybe uplifting about the fact that it seems like more people went to report it than were passing it around necessarily, right? Even if it was yeah. real, which at the time, I guess, no one was entirely... Not everyone may have been entirely certain. I think it says something that people would, went there to just report it and mass reported it to such a high volume in that it was it's a sign. I think there's more people out there who are willing to respect it. Yeah, and so on the scale of uh, people we've talked to today, kid who bought 36,000 FIFA points, top tier. That kid's hilarious. I, I, I hope he's as good at swindling <laughs> people's money away when he's 23 is when he's 13 right now. And uh, on my bottom of the barrel, worst human beings list, I'm going to put it to... The guy, the guy who teabagged in the Overwatch League, is also near the kid up top. Um, the bottom of the barrel people list this week is the guy who ordered pizza at the pizza place I went to, and then after they completed his whole pizza, he said that he forgot his vegetables and then made them remake the whole pizza. He's bottom of the barrel shit lord. Then below that, right, talking, we gotta throw them into the ocean immediately. Uh, are the Damn it! Beep that out too, Killer. Twenty twenty. Put a little. Put a little beep. It's it's one it's one k. I'm beeping it out. I'm beeping it out because okay. I don't want to give just any. Just like you don't want to give. Kilohertz tone. Just because I, I don't want to give any notoriety to anyone doing shitty things. Same thing like you do to murderers. You don't say their name. Uh, the yeah. person who made that Instagram profile and that writer down there below the guy who made these poor minimum wage workers remake an entire pizza. They're they're way way below him. All right, we're, we're, I'm talking literally throw active volcano. That that's my solution. I, I I'll volunteer. I'll volunteer if I can if I can get the jeep of the guy who drives behind my house at 3 a.m. and wake me up. Right, if I can borrow his jeep and send it to the nearest active volcano and run those two people over right as it's about to blow up, that would probably kill me too. Actually. I I I'd do it. I do it. We we gotta we gotta have like a way to get me out of there. Um, I'm gonna need one of those jet packs that they that you use when you're like above water and it like sprays water below you and uses the pressure to lift you up. I'm gonna need one of those. Uh, except it's gonna have to be able to shoot lava. 
just fucking throw them into a volcano is what I'm saying. These are terrible people. So and, I would uh, put the Instagram person on a much worse level. I think the person writing the, the article, mm, yeah. the journalist could rewrite this article and make it not so sensational. Really, the problem is that, again, the sensationalism rather than necessarily trying to give content or give like perspective or context of who this person was. There's really no context in where that Instagram person could actually be a good person in all of this. It's a... Uh... Yeah, it's capitalizing either way on a major event. Yeah, well, they're both capitalizing, but one is salvageable. The other, really, that should just never have existed in the first place. All right, all right. So to the journalist, um, we'll just kick him down a 10-foot ditch and he'll have to climb out. The, the guy who made the Instagram page, You can Volcano, keep doing your fantasies. I'll do it. As I'll do usual. it. If He'll I get, ti- if I get time off work it. and a booster pack of Pokemon cards, I'll kick this man down a ditch. Like ten foot, that's not that bad. You could climb out of that. He'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, I wish we could end the early access podcast on a nicer note. Uh, I will. There was an article today. Um, someone tweeted out Nintendo fingers rogue reviewer for leaking Pokemon Sword and Shield details. The way that was written is, <laughs> I don't know if that's an yeah. appropriate punishment, but yeah, um, someone did find the the company i'm going to open up the article here that leaked pokemon sword and shield uh early pokemon that weren't announced before the game came out it was f nintendo which doesn't (laughs) seem like a pro nintendo site but apparently it was a it was an international um nintendo reviewing website they have fired the writer man writers are writers are just not doing very well on this week on the early access podcast but they have fired the writer and Nintendo and the Pokemon company have completely severed their relationship with F Nintendo, um, who will no longer be getting early copies of any Pokemon content. And that the I'm sure the writer probably under some kind of legal uh, problems here. They say Nintendo will always protect as intellectual property and brands. Leaks hurt not just Nintendo, but the thousands of employees who work hard to bring games to the market and the millions of fans around the world who look forward to news and surprises. And in one way, I absolutely, as soon as the Pokemon leaks came out, I knew every single Pokemon in the Galar Legion, um, every piece of information that I could absorb before Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, I took it in. And in a way, it does hurt. Um, They have a whole marketing cycle. Pokemon is the biggest franchise in the world, right? Bigger than Sonic, Hello Kitty. I don't know if McDonald's counts. But Pokemon is the biggest multimedia franchise in the world. We're talking anime, merch, uh, video games, car games, everything. And so they have a huge department for marketing. And this is when we're going to put this new character out. And we're going to be releasing this game this year, this game this quarter. Uh, We got Pokemon Mystery Dungeon coming up. We got Pokemon Home actually just came out. And there's all this planning that uh, that is hurt. At the end of the day, by these leaks, um, they're they're trying to get the hype going up around it. But when the internet already knows about it, the the social media drive, the number of tweets going out at one time, you know, you want you want all this information, everyone to be excited at the same time, um, and leaks kind of stop that from happening. That being said, I'm not going to say like I'm a great person and I avoid all kinds of leaks because if that information is out there, I I will go consume it because as someone who invests so much time in the games, I I don't want to wait. But that does hurt because I'm not getting excited with the rest of the people out there who aren't as hardcore into Pokemon as I am. 
and uh, wait until the information comes out. And there's some people who just don't want to see the leaks, and that can hurt them too, because spoilers popping up all over the internet when Pokemon Sword and Shield leaks came out. And so there's nothing really to say more about this other than the title of the Eurogamer.net article is Nintendo Fingers Rogue Reviewer for Sword and Shield Leaks. <laughs> uh, other than that hilarious title, not much to say on that. Don't leak things. Um, I've been under some big-ass NDAs, and uh, I try not to leak things so I don't get sued by one of the biggest companies in the world. Anyway, that's the Early Access Podcast, episode 22. We'll be back next week. Tune in because we wasted four hours today taking dumb quizzes, trying to name 60 different anime uh, at twitch.tv slash you find us there, 8 p.m. PSD. I'm your host, Niggy, and Kuehler is here producing the show. We'll see you guys next week on February 18th. Oh my god, it's Wednesday now. That's that's how long we've been here doing this. I'm going to get some water and uh, eat a snack and go to bed. Thanks for watching the Early Access Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Drop us a rating on Spotify. And if you want to check out our Spotify and you're watching on Twitch, there is a link. There's a little banner down there. This is Early Access Podcast. You can click on that. Go to our Spotify and join Discord.gg slash Shampoo because that's where I post all the access, early access podcast uh, notes and updates. All right, we're out.